to the Warner Brothers Podcast. This is Kyle, joined by my brother Keenan, joined by, once again, Tim, a.k.a. Timmy, a.k.a. Timothy, a.k.a. Tim Duncan, Timothy, Timothy Gray. Timothy. A.k.a. Timothy. Tim Gray. Tim Gray. Tim. <laughs> that might be the best introduction anyone's ever gotten. Tim, what's good? How you doing? I'm good. How are you? You okay, Tim? Don't, you don't have to lie. You don't have to. Like no, you don't no, have to I've lie. recovered. I've like recovered. I, I saw you. I'm doing better than you. I'm definitely doing better than you. I can see it. I mean, you know, it feels good. I mean, I look, Patriots didn't make it to the playoffs, but it definitely feels good. And I said the same thing last year. There's something about it that does feel good not having to, like, stress out about your team weekend. Yeah. Out, so, you know, I'm happy about that. But. I want that stress back next year. But, you know, I mean, what, it's been like six seasons since the Giants have been in, so maybe you were happy to have that stress. And in a, a, in a dub. So it's in nice, that they, got, it's nice that they got there. I they think a, what? You got to that's of both worlds. Yes. Yeah. I think there is a, a goodness of missing the playoffs because, one, you're not stressing, and then their pick is just better. A few spots goes a long way in this draft, so... Yeah, it depends on what team you are. Like... Sure. Like, I think for the Jags this year, it was better for them to make the playoffs rather than miss the playoffs because mm-hmm. they're a team that hasn't been in the fold, for obviously, for a while. They get that playoff experience. They got a win, so it's nice for them to get in. The Chargers finally got in, so Herbert finally got to taste a playoff game, so I think it was better for them, but... As I said a couple years ago on the podcast, uh, that year after Brady when we had Cam, the year didn't end up going well, but us missing the playoffs as much as it was like weird because it was the playoffs were the New England Invitational, it just was like <laughs> at the same time that culture was still there, everything was still set. We ended up being able to retool in the draft. We got Mac. So it wasn't the worst thing in the world for us at that point to miss the playoffs compared to say – Another team, uh, another up and coming, yeah, like the an up and coming team. Like if the Dolphins would have missed the playoffs this year, it would have been a bad, especially how they started the year. Yeah, I think it's funny the Dolphins actually because like they started the year really well and then they ended the year pretty poorly, but then last year they started the year really poorly and ended it really well. Yeah, the the Dolphins need to add some consistency, and they got it. I mean, when Tua was in, so it's just basically what's the health of their quarterback moving forward. But, but, so Tim, you had nineteen fourteen. We're just gonna jump right in. You had nineteen fourteen. They scored fourteen real early. Real early. It's funny. That's they scored more points than I predicted the game to have. You had the game. You had the game scoring 33. <laughs> that is hilarious. You'd had the game scoring thirty three. So watching that game unfold, what were you? What was the feelings? Um, I mean, it was pretty quickly uh, out of hand. Yeah. Um, you really, it really did highlight like the problems that the Giants have. I mean, they were playing arguably a top three team in the league. Of course, so, like, yeah. I don't think – I think a lot of people could have said they saw this coming, but 
Um, you definitely need to be able to stop the run, I think. That would help. Um, yeah. It was a rough day. You know, I the things I would have liked to have seen as someone who had the Giants covering, you know, what I would have <laughs> liked to have seen is maybe, you know, maybe a little more Daniel Jones running. You know what I mean? Like, if there's ever... You know, that's one thing Dable did great this year was play to his team's strengths, which is what a great coach does is you play to your team's strengths. And uh, I don't know, it seems like he dropped back D. Jones quite a bit rather than roll him out. Uh, not a lot of design runs, which, you know, Philly's defense is designed to do that. They've got a lot of versatility, a lot of athletes in, you know, their defense anyway. I mean, they led the league in sacks and, like, I'd say probably 85, 90% of their sacks came from their D-line. Like they had 70 sacks and 60 came from their D-line. That's insane. You don't see that much. Um, so between that and them not taking the ball, I feel like they could have took the ball uh, when they won the toss in the beginning rather than defer. I think you don't want to play from behind against a team like the Eagles, as dominant as they are. The Eagles are just a very smart, efficient team, especially on the ground. Uh, which, you know, makes this coming week's matchup so so intriguing. Of course. But that's what I would have liked to have seen is just them being a little – I mean, they got too aggressive. They went for it on fourth and eight, I believe. Was that their first possession? Yep. They went for it on fourth and eight. <laughs> yep. That was, uh, that was arguably of, field goal range. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was, it was right in that field goal range. Uh, fairly desperate, and they could not stop the run at all. And, you know – was over from there. Once it was 14-0, I started sweating a little bit. So, yeah, I would have liked to have seen just a little more efficiency from uh, from the Giants because, you know, I figured if it was going to be them keeping it close, I didn't have them winning, obviously, but if it was them keeping it close, I would have figured it would have been an ugly game that featured heavily of Saquon and Daniel Jones running the option. Uh, we didn't get that didn't get that and uh you know it's unfortunate but the giants do have uh you know much to be grateful for this season and i don't know i think next year is interesting for them we can talk about that another time you know because they'll obviously have a tougher schedule with how their record played out but you know things are on the up and up in new york for the giants but yeah i, I think all three of us were expecting a much better game than that and yes. we did not get I was expecting a closer game, but I did also the blowout. It's not. It shocked me definitely of how it happened, but that was one of the games. If it was going to be a blowout, is one of the ones you would have said just because of how dominant the Eagles have been. One thing I do want to mention is I now wonder how it's going to be. Like what you do as you if you're the Giants as Daniel Jones, like do you just franchise him? Do you give him a deal? Like I know people are, I mean that's kind of now be the next question. It's kind of the question going into the game too. But like, is it a deal instantly? Do you franchise him to get one more year? Because if you do, that means you have to give either Saquon a deal or get rid of him because you can't franchise them both. So it's gonna be interesting to see where those moves come from. I don't know what you guys feel about that. Uh, I'll let Tim answer first as the Giants fan. Um, personally, what what I expect to happen is I think they give them both deals. Um, Are you happy with that? Did, 
Yes. I would be fine with that. Uh, I was a Daniel Jones believer this whole time. His supporting cast, other than Saquon, who was injured for two years, has been abysmal at best. So a lot of people hated on him, but like, what did he have to work with? Not a lot. So um, I I could see them giving Saquon a deal, like five or six years. I think that mm-hmm. might be a little bold, but. I think they do want to keep him there for his entire career. And I think he wants to be there for the entire career. He said that a lot. Um, And I think they give Daniel like a four year deal. Um, Just see that way, you know, if next year he is solid, but then the year after that, he starts declining again. He's only got two years. It's not that big a deal. You can draft somebody. Okay. Kyle, what, what about you? Yeah, I think, as far as Daniel Jones goes, I don't think much changes, you know, from the outcome of this game necessarily. But, you know, I could see a, a three-year deal, two- or three-year deal for Daniel Jones. Um, I think he'll certainly be back in New York. Uh, you know, the OC should still be there. So, I mean, that'll be another year of comfort in that system. So, he... Dayball's you know, a second-year head coach, too. So, you'll get, like... The infrastructure of the Giants should not change, and there wasn't any big injury, so everybody should be able to participate over the offseason. Yeah, exactly. Well, they did lose Wandale, who was there. Yeah, I was, was, yeah, I was gonna say they, but they still have Saquon. Obviously, they still have yep. Derek. They have Slayton. We'll see how obviously, but for the most part, everything's is is intact. They'll be able to work this offseason, not have to rehab. Yeah. Yeah, like I'm sure, I mean, receivers obviously an area of need, linebackers an area of need for them. So I'm yeah. sure they'll have the draft as well as free agency. Uh, I mean, I just, you know, I think we can all agree. I don't think Daniel Jones is necessarily a franchise guy. But, you know, if they sh- sign him to a short-term deal, he's able to prove that. Maybe they franchise him, as Keenan says. Uh, a six-year deal for Saquon, that seems a bit ambitious for me. Uh, you know, running backs don't typically age well and look get like one per generation that ages really well and then the rest of them kind of like this generation is derrick henry last generation it was adrian peterson with like a frank gore who was kind of just like he went from really really good to just good for a bunch of years yeah and you know it's different frank gore split time a lot of times in the back yeah i was gonna say towards the end he definitely he just was like mr consistency he just he would give you a couple good games a year and just would run hard every time he was in yeah and he wasn't you know he was a back that played a long time but no he was managed really well he was always really good he was a feature back early in his career and then throughout the middle of his career to the end he was a, a split back yeah uh you know, Derrick Henry smack dab in the middle of his prime, and he had a bit of a dip this year. Part of that could be because of their weapons. I do wonder if, you know, if you give him weapons around that receiver and all that, if he, you know, handles a little better like Marshawn Lynch. Marshawn Lynch had a pretty lengthy career, a successful career in Seattle as well as Buffalo. Uh, but Saquon, so I was going to say Saquon, he broke a long run here. I think it was in the second half. I think yeah, it was, it was like third, a four- it was like third quarter, like a little bit in the third quarter a little bit in right and uh you know someone was featured i saw on twitter earlier someone like showed some long runs in his career like earlier and he's still very early in his career he's only 25 and 
he had a bit more breakaway speed. The explosion's still there, but the breakaway speed is a bit different. I thought that was interesting, especially at a young age. Granted, he has an injury history. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I think I'll give them both a two- or three-year deal, you know. Who knows how what that'll happen, you know, with that. Uh, if Saquon were to walk, who knows if he will, but if he were to walk, uh, yes, it would hurt. I think you want a back like that because he is – even though he once had breakaway speed and he still is explosive for a back, he's still a power back. You know what I mean? You can have that true up the clock kind of game with him. It's not like he's uh, a speed back, you know what I mean? Or receiving back. So you yeah. still can make him the feature back. I would give him, if it was me, I'd give him a two or three year deal. You know, I would not sign any running back to a long-term deal unless they're goddamn, you know, AP, like you said, uh, which, you know, we thought Saquon was going to be once upon a time, but, you know, I would give him each two or three year deals, see how it goes from there, but we'll see. But, you know, if you were to walk Saquon, I think you could replace that productability. Absolutely. So we'll see. I think, I don't think it'll be too dramatic of an offseason in New York for the Giants. The I, Jets on the other. That's, yeah. The Jets, the Jets are going to have a very interesting offseason. They've got moves, they've got picks. They've, they could have a really good offseason for them. Uh, personally, I think that. They should franchise Daniel Jones because if you give him a long-term deal, I feel you get into a space where you have a quarterback who is good enough to win games but not a quarterback that's necessarily going to give you the best chance at Super Bowls. I feel like you get into that Kirk Cousins range. And uh, it's like at the same time, Kirk Cousins is definitely a starting definitely a starting quarterback. He definitely deserves to be on a team of not nothing like that at all. It's just really hard. You like in the playoffs, you're re- rarely gonna go into a game where Kirk Cousins is the best quarterback. So that's kind of and that I, was I saying, do wanna, I do want to push back on that because I mean Daniel Jones is still young, uh, and I believe. I mean, Tim could answer this better than me, but he's had multiple OCs in in his young career. Three. Yeah. And as we'll talk about later, like I don't think necessarily I think I think the years that we had, especially between like the late two thousands into the two thousand tens, the years that we had with Brady, Manning, both Mannings, if you want to put it that way, uh Rogers, Breeze, all that, I think it kind of clouded people on that you need a a star quarterback to compete for Super Bowls. And I think we're seeing now you don't necessarily need that kind of quarterback to compete for Super Bowls. Uh you know, with Purdy on the 49ers. Well I mean it, and even with Hurts. Hurts is an elite quarterback, but he's not necessarily Joe Burrow or Mahomes. You know what I mean? I'd put him a tier below those two. Or yeah, even but Josh that's, But that's two tiers above where Daniel Jones is and their teams are the 49ers, if the 49ers had even Dak at quarterback, we this the roster is phenomenal. They have all pros littered all over. And the Eagles the same way. They have... They That's have, exactly my point, though. No, That's but, exactly my point. If, yeah. if you, you can build around... You can build around the edges and, your you know, make it easy on your quarterback. You know, we saw that with Brady early in his career. I mean, shit, even Eli, who... Eli had the same exact narrative as Daniel Jones right now. Yeah, he's okay. He's he's erratic, but you know we might not win the big game with him. Eli in those Super Bowl seasons, he always had you know a good old line, receivers, uh, 
you know, a back who could carry the load. So as long as you got tools around your quarterback, I'm not one of these guys who necessarily thinks you need, you know, a Brady or a Manning or a Burrow Mahomes type as your QB. You know, as long as you're well-rounded, I think you can. You can have seasons. I I definitely think you can have a season or two, like for sure, as the Giants had two seasons. But, like, I don't think you will be perennial contenders every year unless you have those guys, which is what I'm – I don't think any team has been a perennial contender every year aside from the Patriots. The Patriots, and, the Chiefs, the Bengals probably will be. The Bills have been. Well, teams with we teams never, with that quarterback, Aaron, the yeah, Packers we, have we, been. You're talking about Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame quarterbacks with Brady and Rodgers. I mean, we still got a lot of Burroughs' career. The Chiefs have been. The Chiefs so far have been. But, I, I mean, that's, could, go ahead, Tim. No, go ahead. You go could ahead. argue the Steelers for a long time were perennial contenders. Yeah, and they yeah. had a Hall they of were, Fame quarterback. Yeah, like they that, were in, but I would say Big Ben wasn't. Big Ben was nowhere near Brady or Rogers level. No, they always true. had, they always had uh, star receivers around them, speed receivers, a hell of an offensive line, and they always had backs. Like but they he always was a had franchise a, quarterback, like a legitimate. Yeah. For, he's or, a hall. He's or, a hall of famer. That's what I'm saying. I'm not. Or, you don't have to have Burrow or Mahomes. But time you, out, time out, Ben. Time out. Ben Roethlisberger was not, especially in his early career, was not anywhere near any of the elite quarterbacks level he was more of a gutsy can get it done kind of guy i mean he really made his hall of fame case the second half of his career with stats i mean you know after 09 they never got back to the super bowl and they were kind of iffy on you know on contender status there was a lot of times they lost early in the wild card round or divisional round so yeah which bolsters my point even more that you have a hall of famer that's that that's we all consider him a Hall of Famer. He's a two-time champion. But even sure. after I'm, that point, when after he had the teams were great and then you had to pay people, he wasn't going to be perennial if that's what you're saying, which that's what you just said. I'm not, all I'm, I'm not saying that Daniel Jones is not a quarterback who can't start. All I said was you should franchise him so you can see what he's going to be. Right. I, no, I just, no, no. I'm just saying he, he can't get you over the top. I'm saying that's not necessarily the case. I'm saying you don't necessarily need that quarterback to get you over the top, and we've seen that. I, what for, I'm saying for is a that, year, yeah, I completely agree with you. I just I, don't think you can continuously do that for a career unless you have that solidified team around you. Like Jared Goff got him to a play, for a Super Bowl. That was a lot of McVay. That was a lot of having the best team around him. Obviously, they lost in that Super Bowl. So definitely, like. We've seen quarterbacks who aren't Hall of Famers or that are just sure. good quarterbacks get for a year or two. But obviously the goal is to be in that playoff conversation, in that Super Bowl conversation year in and year out, and that's when you get that guy. Uh, with those, te- right. Every team that has that is because they have that guy. I just don't know if he is. I'm not saying he's not. I'm not saying he is. I'm just saying I would franchise him to see if he's more in that Kirk Cousins range or if he can maybe ascend and be – or Hertz is, or even like Hertz is, I think he could if he develops as he is right now. So I just, it's a wait and see, really. Yeah. But I mean, what I'm saying, again, what I'm saying is most teams, most teams are really going to have a four year window. And I'm saying like the Pats are outliers. Uh, Tim mentioned the Steelers. The Steelers had, I think they're more about their coach and their system than they were the quarterback. Of course, same with the Ravens. Uh, and as well as the Ravens. And the Ravens, really, they had a 
four to eight year window because of their organization. But really, if you're talking like what we're seeing from the Chiefs right now, that's pretty unprecedented. If they made it to the AFC championship game next year, aside from the Pats, that's pretty unprecedented. Unless you're talking they're, about they're already in unprecedented territories. A, no one's ever hosted five, five in a row. Yeah, is yeah, but I'm saying you know teams have made it multiple championships. Yeah, I was, I was, yeah, I was gonna say the, the, the seventies. Yeah, but you know where Mahomes is? That's Brady and Belichick territory. Of course, yeah. Uh, that's really all the point I was trying to make. But I, I do believe, excuse me, I do believe that the passing boom of the, the early 2010s or the late 2000s into the 2010s. I think that really tricked people into, you know, that you need a Brady, that you need a Rodgers, when really those guys are generational. You know, Mahomes, those guys are generational. Burrow, generational. Uh, you know, as long as you have a pretty good quarterback and you can build around them, you have as good a chance as anybody. I mean, I remember one, I think I brought this up before. I remember one year, Keenan, you truly thought Bortles and the Jags had a chance at the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah, that was, that was insane. They did. I mean, they got to the – and what happened was they got to the AFC Championship game, lost to the Patriots, and then they broke up. On a bad call. The, the, uh, Bortles is a below-average quarterback. We're not even talking about, like, like – Well, yeah. Like, I mean, like Kirk Cousins has like, gotten to the playoffs out. multiple times. Case Keenum got to an NFC Championship game. I'm Like, this is definitely it happens every year. Like, like, one or two teams go in. So, definitely, if the Giants can I'm, hone in – on this before the contracts, but typically it's when you get a rookie who is pretty good, so you have a quarterback on a cheap deal, so you're able to pay a bunch of players around them, and once they get off of that deal, that's when you need that next-level guy to keep you in that perennial contender while you're rebuilding, like how the Seahawks did with Russell Wilson. They got their players, they left, but then Russell Wilson was so good that they were able to at least stay in the Super Bowl bubble they obviously hadn't won anything, but they got into that Super Bowl bubble because of how Russell Wilson played. That's kind of more so what I'm meaning with Daniel Jones to see if he can be that guy or if he's not that guy. But I would franchise him. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, the Seahawks more so got hurt than people left. But, well, yeah, yeah, I, I mean, they got hurt. And then they got – I mean, then obviously they left because they broke up at Marshawn Lynch one-yard line. It's kind of how it started to <laughs> derail. But – I'm not mad at yeah. that. <laughs> nah, in general, you do have a, a 46 year window. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, no, I mean, look, back to the Eagles Giants. Ugly game. Ugly. And then the Eagles, that that gave me, Eagles put a little pressure on my Niners getting to the Super Bowl and winning it a little bit because the Eagles just look so dominant. Uh, and we'll talk more about that Thursday. Today's going to be more of a review. I mean, we'll still probably talk about this weekend's games because it's inevitable. But, man, the Eagles look scary. They're just so dominant on both lines, the defensive line and offensive line. Um, you know, the Niners are the perfect match, though, I think. Me and Tim were talking about this a little bit yesterday. I think uh, I think the Niners are, like, the perfect matchup for the Eagles. So I have my own belief on what Sunday's game will look like. We'll talk about that more Thursday. But, yeah, no, Tim, me and Tim definitely have differing views on how the NFC Championship will go. I'll just say that. Um, I'm, I'm excited to hear it. Um, obviously, I won't give an exact, like, in-depth, but I like the 49ers because I think the 49ers match up perfectly. They stop the run. 
100%. They're, again, all pros littered all over their roster. They've got the Defensive Player of the Year and Nick Bosa on their roster. It really just comes down to can Brock Purdy get protected and will he be able to make the throws that he's been making since he's gotten in? All right, Tim, you can <laughs> you're chomping at the bit. Well, I don't I don't want to say anything. I want to save it all till Thursday. Okay. And, and give right. me you give me what your uh what your perfect off season looks like for the Giants. Uh for the Giants, I would say I mean, it would be cool for them to trade for a wide receiver. Like if they got D Hop, I think that would be solid. Cause then everybody gets healthy. He hops there one. Daniel Jones. I mean, it's a developing. Uh, what's the word? I'm I'm losing it. System. You know, a lot of teams will there get a young go. QB. Okay. They trade. Well, that's not the word I was looking for, but okay. They get a young QB, rookie QB. They trade for a stud wide receiver to help them develop. The Bills did it. Stephon Diggs. The Dolphins have done it with Tua. Uh, there's one other team. The Bengals didn't, get, but the Bengals didn't trade. But they got they drafted Jamar Chase when people thought they should have drafted Penny Sewell back to back. And then yeah, to, yeah. And then there was another team. Anyway, uh, the Philadelphia think, Eagles with AJ Brown. Yes, with AJ Brown. There you go. That's the one. If they get a stud wide receiver, and I think the only one that's really on the market is D Hub. Yeah. And I do think he's not a Cardinal next year. No. Um, no. I think that'll help Daniel Jones a little bit more, maybe be comfortable throwing the ball. Um, I feel like with Daniel Jones, it's a lot of, like, con- uh, confident passing. You know, like, if he's open, I'll hit him. But he's not really throwing 50-50 balls or anything because he doesn't have a guy that's going to go up and get it. Um, so if they could trade for a wide receiver, I think that would be great. Extend Daniel Jones. I think they give him at least a three-year deal, personally. I think Saquon gets at least a three-year deal. Um, and then in the draft, I think we need linebacker, and I think we need we could use another offensive lineman, I think, interior. Um, but defense is the main priority for the draft, I think. Okay. That would, that would really be it. Okay. I, Do you guys have any opinions on the Giants? Um, if they're in the perfect off season, I, I do agree getting and like that solidified number one will definitely help because as we were talking about, we obviously don't know exactly who Daniel Jones is yet. And what you want to do is put him in the most advantageous position that you possibly can. So it's like, okay, let's get you a number one. You've got a number one running back. That means your receiving core otherwise is good. You've got everything. We help build that offensive line, too. You've got a good coach, so everything's there. What are you? It's kind of like what Jalen Hurts had this year. They got the number one. They already had a number two running backs there. Good coach, great offensive line. If Jalen Hurts is good, we'll see it. If he's not good, we'll see it, and he's proven to be very good. So I think that would work out very well for them to see, especially because you'd really get to evaluate who Daniel Jones is and if he really is that guy who could be what Eli Manning was, which is a franchise quarterback for a decade. I think, apart, first of all, the word I was looking for was trend. It's a trend in the NFL. Okay. This is happening. Oh, yes. Um, okay, that makes sense. 
But back to the, the Giants here. It, apart from the defense, because we do have a couple stars, I think, but it's definitely not littered like the Eagles are. Yep. I think they're in a very similar situation to the Eagles of last year, where they were decent throughout the season. They squeaked into the playoffs. They put up a fight in the first round, at least. Got blown then, out. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. And then now they get to not necessarily rebuild, but build on top of this solid foundation with a good coach and come into next year and surprise some people. Mm-hmm. So I think the Giants are in a really good spot. Yeah, they're definitely an interesting spot, especially if they can get DeAndre Hopkins, which they won't because he's going to New England. But, Kyle, what do you say? Uh, he's definitely not now that they hired Bill O'Brien. Oh, I he... think that completely shuts down any oh, possibility of D-Hop to New wanting England. to play there. And that yeah. might increase it. That might increase it. He played oh. under Bill O'Brien. Oh, he's... Yeah, and he got traded for a bag of peanuts because he didn't want him having his baby mamas at practice. There's there's beef between Bill O'Brien <laughs> and D-Hop. He tweeted at him quite a few times. There's definitely not. Maybe I forgot about this. Well, you know, you know, that was Bill O'Brien, the GM, not Bill O'Brien, the offensive coordinator. So what's going to happen here is Bill Belichick needs to take one of those first round picks he might spend on an offensive player that won't hit. And go get DeAndre Hopkins. And go get DeAndre Hopkins. And we don't have to question if the first round pick was worth it because it's DeAndre Damn Hopkins. It's what needs to happen. But Kyle, sorry, now you can go. Okay, yeah. I don't have much to respond to. I just, you know, the only difference between the Giants of this year and the Eagles of last year is the Eagles' draft capital. That's really why their turnaround was the way we saw it. But uh, the Giants are in a good spot. I mean, it's always difficult to forecast with that fringe team that made the playoffs. You know what I mean? Because the schedules change year to year. The schedules are on your last year's record. So they're going to have a playoff-level schedule. So their schedule is going to be a little tougher. The Cowboys, who we're about to talk about, they're still there. Uh, the Commanders, who are question mark every year, they're, every year. <laughs> yeah, they're not easy. You know what I mean? They presented some problems this year for the whole entire NFC East. So, I mean, you know, that division's not necessarily going to be a gauntlet next year, and we don't know. We don't. We haven't seen free agency or the draft. But, you know, Dallas, whether they bring back McCarthy or not, they're going to be there. Whether they bring back Dak or not, which I'm sure they will have Dak next year still. They're gonna, you know what I mean. They're gonna be competing regardless. The Eagles will be the class of the East regardless. Uh, so yeah, the Giants will be kind of fighting for that third spot. It'll be hard. I mean, I, I don't forecast we'll have another year where you have three NFC East teams in the playoffs. So who knows? You know, we'll see. And you, you know, maybe Dallas has a complete meltdown after that. I'm sorry. (laughs) Mike McCarthy Uh, with these last play, like last play of the game. (laughs) Oh my god! Oh man! Oh, the Cowboys are such. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta hold Kellen Moore for that. Last thing before we do talk. Oh, yeah, hundred percent. We'll jump to the NFC and talk Cowboys, Niners, but uh, Patriots. Whether we get D Hop, whether we don't, uh, I think we'll be okay. I mean, I really wish we had a true OC this year, as I've said a million times. Uh, I I truly think we had enough to compete this year on offense. I really do. I mean, we just you gave you gave, Mac, you gave Mac Jones a failed defensive coordinator and a failed head coach as his OC, someone who's, as far as I know, I could be wrong about this, but never coached the offense, and he was coaching the offensive line at the same time, I believe. So, it was it was a joke of a setup to, from the start. We were lucky to go eight and nine. 
and here we are. Now we got B.O.B. back in there. Uh, he coached Mac B-O-B. at Alabama as the O.C. So, you know, there's some there's some rhythm there. And, you know, he's prior. So it should be, regardless of what happens, that defense is good. Our offense should, by default, be better. Should, by default, mm-hmm. be better. So, I agree. Whether we get – look, if we miss the playoffs next year, we can have this conversation – you know, fucking July, August of 2023. We don't really got to talk Patriots right now. But, you know, if they happen to miss the playoffs next year, then it really is time to talk about Belichick being on the hot seat, which is crazy to say. But, you know, they should at least be a divisional round team next year with this defense, with the upgrade at OC, with what we already have at tight end, running back, and uh, receiver. And I know... I know the NFL is a league where you got to look at what immediately happened in this past season. You know, you can't really judge over the last three or four because, you know, it is an ever-changing league. But, you know, whether we get D-hop or not, I think we need some upgrades on the O-line. And we should be good because that defense was, you know, I don't want to say Super Bowl ready. No, but... It was playoff. <laughs> they, it was easily but, playoff ready. It, it, yeah, it's better yeah. than a lot of the playoff. Now, you know, the Vikings had that defense. Bowl. They might have won a Super Bowl this year. So yeah, yeah. 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 I won't say Super Bowl ready because uh, we didn't even make it to the playoffs. But yeah, it was pretty. <laughs> yeah, it, it was definitely playoff. It was playoff ready. Any big Patriots defense, you know. So yeah, let's move on to Dallas though, because uh, that was the highlight of my weekend. As I was telling Tim yesterday. <sighs> I don't necessarily – I don't hate the Cowboys at all. I don't even really hate Cowboys fans. Like, uh, that's the thing That's the thing with the Cowboys. Their uh, fans are, like, are much like Laker fans where you'll find them all over the country. You know what I mean? Like, anywhere in the country you go, you're going to find a Cowboy fan. You're going to find a Laker fan. You're going to find a Yankee fan, right? You're going to find them anywhere, right? Yeah. The ones who are outside of Dallas – they're kind of less delusional, unless they're the typical bandwagon ones who don't really know. You know, yeah. the ones. I'm just talking about. No, no, no. I'm only that. saying that because I'm thinking of our league, so that's it. Yeah, I was gonna say Kyle. <laughs> that is it. Our league, but you know, you but, but by the sounds of it, the people in your league who are Dallas Cowboys fans, they might be the ones who are like like the true Cowboys fans in Dallas and they, in Texas. They all are. They've been Cowboys fans who are since birth. Front so. running and truly believe like it's still 1993 here. You know what I mean? Because we're long gone from that brand. They're closer to what, you know, the Red Sox were in the 80s, 90s, and 2000s before they won the ring, which is the worst possible way you could lose or the most embarrassing way you could lose. They're going to do Buckner. it. Bill Buckner, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, I mean, Stephen A., he was on it 10, 12 years ago with you know, what was it? Their Whatever can rep- go wrong, will go will. wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and that's true. Like, he almost prophesied it. Because when, when he was talking about that, it was the Romo days, and it was regular season, it was the 8-8. Eight and eight, And all that shit, honestly, was kind of overblown at the time. To me. To me, it was a little bit overblown. It was hilarious, but, but yeah, you're right. It was overblown. But it was, it was prophesied, because then, you know, we had the Dez catch game with Romo and them. Uh, then Romo gets injured, Dak comes in, everything looks like it's in the up and up, and then Dak has just had terrible postseason luck. You know, last year with the clock running out, this year with, as we'll talk about, that amazing <laughs> game that was drawn up, whether it was Kellen Moore, whether it was Mike McCarthy, 
I don't. I will never Kellen understand. Kellen McCarthy, that. whoever it was. Kellen McCarthy. Right? <laughs> Mike I'll Moore, Kellen McCarthy, whoever it was, it was garbage. I will never understand. Like I'll say this: I was intrigued by it. I was like, oh shit, they got Zeke at center. They got the guards and the tackle on both ends running trips. I was intrigued by it, but of course, the Niners did what any smart team would do and said, hey. There's a running back lined up here. Let's fucking truck this guy over <laughs> into the quarterback. And that was it. There was a six-yard slant, tackle, and a game. Uh, so we'll never know what actually was meant for that play. But <laughs> I, I thoroughly enjoyed the Cowboys losing in that fashion. Like, it was better that they didn't just lose. They lost in embarrassing fashion. Um, and brought back that Cowboys girl from last year who was crying with, like, six minutes left. Before the game was even over, that's like that's drop every Cowboys postseason loss like it's Christmas. You know what I mean? Like like how we have Christmas songs, like radio stations that dedicate themselves to Christmas songs every fucking what Thanksgiving to Christmas. Yeah. Every playoff, every playoff season, we need that girl hysterically crying at the Cowboys game. <laughs> last year. Just need that every Cowboys loss. I laugh every single time I see it. I laugh my ass off. Every single time. Every single time. I don't care if I've seen it two minutes away from each other. I'm going to laugh just as hard as I did last <laughs> Every single time. But yeah, I'm like, well, I've, I've talked enough about the Cowboys and the losing, so go ahead. Timmy, please go. I'll, I'll cap this one off. I think we pretty much predicted this game. Uh, we knew that their defense would keep them in it. Um, but we knew it was up to Dak. If Dak was good, they were going to win. If Dak was bad, they were going to lose, and Dak was bad. So he made quite a few mistakes, and then obviously the coaches made a few mistakes. I think Dalton Schultz needs to shoulder a little bit more of this blame too because if he makes that catch and just puts his other foot inbounds like a normal football player does, um, they're now playing from the 40-yard line, not their own. Oh, and let's not not just forget other about Dalton Schultz. Let me not try to go upfield, and I'm just going to go out of bounds backwards to like the clock run because that (laughs) also wasted 15 seconds out the clock too. So they could have gotten even closer. But go on. I'm just adding to Dalton Schultz. Yes, he deserves some of the blame as well. Um, Yeah, and I mean, I think – this is the main reason that everybody really took the 49ers here. I think I think this line was a lot closer than a lot of people really thought it was. You know, because if we did get that good deck, then the Cowboys do win this game, for sure. Um, what I thought was interesting was they're down by seven. If they score, do they go for two? Absolutely. Missing extra absolutely. And, On the road, yeah. Absolutely. They would have had. I think that's what they are. I think it would have just been funnier if they scored the touchdown, but then Cowboys fashioned a way to really fail a two point. Yeah, like had done some stupid thing, like Tony Romo fumbling the snap, the kick, like something, something along those lines, where they just lose it within the first two seconds of the play happening. Can I respond? Yeah, go on. So, I mean, just like you, yeah, I was. I was craving that scenario. Like, that's my dream. <laughs> Let them somehow get into the end zone just so we can have the drama of, is he going to kick it? Is he going to go for two? I personally would have kicked it for two reasons. One, you know, Maurer did uh, make those two field goals. Yeah, he had that yeah. one ball. was obviously going to miss. 
But, man, can you imagine the scrutiny had they gone for two and then, you know, not gotten the two-point conversion and people would just been like, hey, you could have just kicked it there and gone into OT with momentum. Well, it would have been even funnier if they kicked it and he just whipped it bad. A dream scenario either way, like, <laughs> hilarious dream scenario, he either gets blocked again, he whips it, <laughs> or... Or, you know, they fuck up the two-point conversion. Or they run that same play they were trying to run on <laughs> the 20-yard line at the two. That would have been awesome. That, that would have still at center. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. So here's... six people rushing the quarterback. But I personally... <laughs> if, it was, if that was the Patriots in that situation, let's say, and they had a... Uh, you know, a squeaky kicker right there, I still probably would have tried for the one. Depending on how the... That offense is lighting them up. And yeah, go for two. But in that situation, I would have played it safe for overtime. I really would have. But uh, I don't even know if necessarily playing it safe would have benefited them, though, because then they would have still had to make a stop and go down and score, which they proved all game was tough to do. I, so. I, would, I would have gone for two instantly. I'm just thinking now because you're playing cowboy scenarios in my head. I could just picture them – doing something stupid like having Dak on the field trying to like almost go off like try to jar them off sides and then run the kicking unit on the field get a delay a game push them back five yards and then he misses or they go for two off of that I'm just thinking these cowboy situations and it's sad because I would never think like Andy Reid or even Zach Taylor, Sean, they, they would never do that. But I could just see the Cowboys doing it because it's the Cowboys. And that, it would have been hilarious. I really wish they would have scored a touchdown to see what that chaotic two-point conversion would have been like because it would have been a legendary playoff moment regardless of what the outcome is. Whatever happened, something legendary would have happened. Maybe they would have went for like a drop kick instead if y'all are familiar with that. <laughs> The Doug Flutie? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, I saw him do it in practice once. He's good. <laughs> and oh, it'd man. probably be like they probably like their backup or like their fullback or someone random would come in and do it. Be like, wait, why or why is Noah Brown doing this drop kick right now? <laughs> just someone stupid, like someone random or Micah. Mike McCarthy just suits up. <laughs> <laughs> I got this, fellas. Don't worry. <sighs> I'm calling my own number. <laughs> I'm calling my own players now. <laughs> Kellen Morick puts yeah. on the Boise State and gets out there. <laughs> I genuinely hope, like, and they got the defense for it. Like, the Cowboys should be back next year. Like, that wouldn't be good for your Giants because, you know, I don't yeah. think, I don't think for the next barring injury, you know, the Eagles are set up for three or four year run here. You know, at yeah. least, you know, especially yeah. with that whole line. So it'll be tough to get three playoff teams in again. But, you know, I think it'll be the Cowboys and Giants fighting for it. But who knows? It could be easily the Cowboys because they have so much more talent, right? But, you know, there is – we've seen it where players just kind of derail. Well, Dak derail. I mean, you don't forecast that. But, I mean, shit, I'm hoping – I mean, it's trajecting that way that they make it back to the playoffs. And who knows? Maybe they have another embarrassing loss. Uh, I'm really interested to see what they do with the coaching staff. Uh, the Cowboys, I mean, shit. I remember when Kellen Moore first got hired. Before he was hired, they were pining for Kellen Moore to become the OC. Now on a given week, whenever they don't produce, they're at Kellen Moore's yeah, neck. Yeah, they're not out of here. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, I, 
if anybody takes blame pie this week, I think it's got to be Dak more than McCarthy or Kellen Moore. You're facing that that Niners defense, and they were with them. And I mean, come on, look, they Pollard left the game. Pollard left the game. That's their biggest offensive weapon. That's that's big. Uh, that kick return, I believe it was was it right at the beginning of the second half, or was it later in the second half? He could have turned that to the outside and they score, or they at uh, yeah, least get to the definitely. Play. He went up. He could have went anywhere but straight up the middle. And, uh, I mean, like we said, that's just the Cowboys. So Cowboys of them. All he had to do was turn that to the left, to the right. Either way, he makes it 30 more yards, if not the end zone. And then, again, Pollard goes out. So there's a few what-ifs with that game. I mean, yes, we're we're loving the Cowboys' uh, misery right now. But, I mean, if you're the Cowboys, you still got Micah. You still got an explosive defense. You still got primarily a young team you still got a pretty good offense uh you know it's not all gloom and doom and truly you know i was never a mccarthy guy even when he was with the packers but he did a good job this year he really did i mean he got 12 wins he got him a win against tampa tampa's a shitty team but you know however much i mean i don't really know what like me and Tim were talking about this yesterday. Was that more Kellen Moore? Was that more McCarthy on that last play? Certainly McCarthy signs off on it on practice. <laughs> but uh, you know, I he, he it's not a fireable offense. I think what uh Staley did for the Chargers, I think that's more of a fireable offense. You know, if that's the Chargers in this week's game against the Chiefs with a hurt Mahomes, I think the Chargers win that game, even with Staley, you know, but they blew that game last week and you know they're home. And, you know, without Sean Payton, Staley's coming back. So, I don't know. I don't think – if it's me, I don't think you necessarily get rid of McCarthy. It's not a fireable offense. But, I mean, it's I, fucking Sean Payton. I, don't, I was going to say, I don't get – I don't actively shop him. But if you're like, hey, here's Sean Payton, yeah. I guess. Yeah, I think a lot of – like, I'm not like, looking to trade in my car, but I guess if I get a really good deal on one, I'm going to do it. That's essentially where I'm I think at. there's probably 26 teams that are probably in a situation similar to that. Where yeah, um, for the most part, yeah. A good head coach. Difference yeah. with Sean Payton, it's not just him on the open market. If it's him on the open market, shit, McCarthy might have been gone yesterday, but – you, do, you probably will have to give up a first round pick for him. You do. Have, yeah. He's gonna have to. He's gonna have. He's gonna be a hefty price on top of that first round pick on his contract negotiations, and he's gonna want power within the franchise. You know, he's gonna want a Belichick type type power. So he's gonna want a lot, and that's the thing. He could just sit out this year and see what happens. You know, Stanley's yeah. gonna stay at Chargers' job probably will be there next summer, uh, along with the Cowboys depending on how they do. So who knows? He interviewed, obviously, for the Broncos and stuff. But uh, I'm going to let you all take it away because who the fuck cares about the offseason forecast right now? But, yeah. I mean, we're all loving the Cowboys' misery. Uh, as I was saying about Cowboys fans earlier, though, the ones in Texas, though, they're very front-runner-ish. They're, they're very – still believe it's 1993, and, like, they're the class of the league. Uh they're still the most famous franchise in the U.S. somehow. I think that's still based on nostalgia. Uh, but, yeah, your average Cowboy fan, like, really believes they're, like, you know, the Chiefs or... or... The, the Cowboys don't know what they are on a week-to-week -week basis. You have... Being friends with 
about six Cowboys fans, all of them being different styles of Cowboys fans. I feel like I get it all. I get the reasonable people, the very emotional people, the not in tune people. The like, I get it all. Like they're, but when you when you have Cowboys fans, like the ones kind of uh, you're talking about, Kyle, their highs are super high and their lows are super low. When they lose they might as well blow up the entire organization. When they <laughs> win, they have just won the Super Like, they just got Emmett back. Like, I don't, it's like, <laughs> it's all over the place. And it's literally, like, they'll go on a three-game winning streak, and it's like, yes, this team is Super Bowl bound for sure. And then they'll lose like they did, and they'll be like, this team sucks. But then in... About four weeks after the Super Bowl's done, after everything's done, when you're waiting, you kind of just let your things go. Be like, we are going to win it next year. We've got everything. We. It's like they just can't help themselves. Cowboys fans are garbage. Love you guys, but you sometimes, the way your fandom is, I'm not pointing any names, but can be garbage. I don't know if you can call Cowboys fans garbage and then say love you guys. I don't. No, no, no. I'm not saying cow- Cowboys fans. I don't love you. I don't really care about Cowboys. Fans. I'm saying my friends that are Cowboys fans. I love you guys, but sometimes your fandom is garbage. That's what I mean. I, I don't. Say, I love Cowboys fans. I almost wish uh, Patriots fans were more like Cowboys fans because Jesus. I mean, Patriots fans are mostly delusional and they wanted Belichick fired during that Cam Newton season. Like some people, they I mean, God damn, they just don't get it. But that's, They're either delusional or they just rest on laurels and don't, like, watch, like, games. It was, like, one of the two for the Patriots fans. It's like, yeah, well, we're still champion. Like, it's like, wait, no. Like, the, these are the bad, obviously bad fans. It's like, no. Or they'll look I and be like, this horrible. team's not the same thing. Uh, not the same without Brady. Got to get rid of everybody. It's like, oh, cool, guys, it's been six weeks. Like, let's not <laughs> let's, let's calm down. If, I mean, obviously, it hasn't been now, talk, but at the time. Talking people who, if we're talking people who say we're still the we're still the Patriots, we're still the champs. As far as Patriots fans, I would say it's like ninety ten. As far as negative to positive, I would say like I'm. I'd say I'm like one of the only people who are like, hey. We still have Belichick. We still have Kraft. Like, give it time. I would say the majority of Patriots fans are like, get Mac the fuck out. Like, Mac's a second-year quarterback. Most places in the NFL, if that's not an elite quarterback, it's like, hey, you got to wait till year three or year four to really see what's going on there. And people are like, nope, Bailey Zappi, uh, get Mac the hell out of here. He's a joke. Like, hey, we had Patricia. But that's that's already too much Patriots talk. <laughs> so while we're talking Patriots, we've got the Cowboys slander out. Let's just move to the AFC. I'm gonna I want to start with the KC game because I have I feel like we're gonna have a lot to say about the Bills Bengals, but KC Jags, obviously Kansas City, fifth straight home uh, AFC Championship game, never been done. So they're great. Mahomes obviously got injured in the game while watching the game. How did you guys feel? Um, well, I was very surprised the Jags didn't take more of an advantage of Mahomes being out. They, um, they kind of coughed up the game a little bit. I mean, I'm not saying the Chiefs did. didn't deserve to win the game, but, like, the fumble, the pick, mm-hmm. the muff punt. Like, they, they had some opportunities where they're like, eh, kind of messed hey, it up. You- if you told me before the game that 
hey, Kyle, Mahomes is going to get a high ankle sprain. And when he does get that high ankle sprain, Henny's going to come in and uh, he's going to have to go 98 yards. I would say either, yeah, the Chiefs squeak it out by like three points or the Jags win that game. You know, yeah. uh, and by the way, you know, the, the Jags are that typical young team where they're like, especially a young talented team where when they're good, they're great. And when they're bad, you know, it's because they make mistakes. Yeah. And we saw that, you know, Trevor Lawrence had a few deep shots that ended in drops, turnovers, ETC, excuse me. Um, but I mean, I'm just surprised they did. I mean, why wouldn't you blitz Mahomes more with a bum ankle? Why wouldn't you? send five or six at chad henny you know what i mean i mean this guy is a perennial backup he hasn't played meaningful nfl minutes in forever you know i'm sending the house at him i'm sending the house at my homes i'm daring him to beat us on one leg you know yeah odd thing also why don't we guard travis kelsey i don't he gets open more than literally anybody i I don't know (laughs) i literally don't understand how he gets so open like they don't no one takes him out that's all Mahomes is looking for. I, mean, <laughs> I would too if he's open like that. I mean, he's that's, that's all that young QBs are looking for is their security blanket in, in their best receiver or their tight end. And Mahomes, who became basically not only a pocket passer, but a very limited pocket passer with a high ankle sprain. Like I can't the difference between a, a ankle sprain and a high ankle sprain is is pretty distant. Like Mac Jones missed three weeks with a high ankle sprain, right? And that's even like a good comeback. Like he could have missed six weeks with a high ankle sprain, you know. And Mahomes is Gronk, not only Gronk played, came back with one in the Super Bowl and looked like a shell of himself. Still, can't convince me that he wouldn't have caught that hail mary if he didn't. But go on. Yeah, as he should be. Like I mean, it'll be a miracle if Mahomes plays every snap this coming week. It'll be a miracle. It really. I think will he be. will personally. I, hey, he might, but I mean, shit. I mean. He's going to be, unless it's a lot, unless it's truly not a high ankle sprain that's, that's lower grade than we think, the Bengals should win that game by a touchdown at least because, I mean, you 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 can't move around. You should be on crutches. Uh, you can't plant. It's, you know, the swelling's not going to go down much, I would imagine, between last Sunday or last Saturday to this Sunday. Um, the Bengals are currently favored by two and a half. It opened at one and a half for the Chiefs. So that tells you a little bit about what his ankle might be like. So I'm very interested. Yeah, he might make it all every snap, but I would be surprised. I mean, someone at some point is going to fall on it or he's going to get tackled. I mean, we saw how he was hopping around most of the game after that injury. Uh, You know, salute to Mahomes. I really, you know, I get it's cool to hate the – a hot team, you know, and the Chiefs have been that team since the Pats fell off. But Mahomes has always been a gamer. I'm one of the few Pats fans who like do truly do not hate the Chiefs. Like I, I have zero I, hate for the Chiefs. I just respect them. Like I've just always yeah, I like, respected them. I had a little I bit like of hate Mahomes. for the Ravens because they fight. I was a little fearful of the Ravens as a Patriots yeah. fan. But I've never the Chiefs. I've always like because at first we beat them, and then when they got Mahomes, even though we got the better of them for the most part. It was still like, no, he's just really good. <laughs> like he's just he's just yeah, they, fun and good. They earned it. I mean, you yeah. can miss me with that. You can miss me with that Kelsey versus Gronk talk. I mean, it's Gronk all fucking day. Like, I mean, it's not even. It's really not even close. Kelsey's in the class, just like you know Tony Gonzalez and some others are in that class. Shannon Sharp. 
who uh, you know tried to fight the whole Grizzlies roster on Friday. There, but Gronk is you know still a cut above with his blocking and I mean what his second season in the league he had the greatest tight end season ever. So I mean you know Gronk was a force to be reckoned with, which Kelsey is too. But man, Gronk you straight up could not tackle in the open field, whereas uh, you know Kelsey. He's not that powerful of a runner. You know, Gronk was like having LeBron at tight end, truly. 6'7", could run and could break through you. Uh, but all that, you know, back to the Chiefs. I'm still, how do I go back to the fucking Patriots? Please take a shot at home if you're listening for these Patriots references. Take a shot but the Chiefs, me. Yeah, the Chiefs, they're limited this weekend. Um, you know, if Mahomes can truly even make it a game, that's an attest to his legend. It really is because, I mean, it'll be some Isaiah Thomas in 88 versus Lakers type shit with his ankle. Because like you said, Gronk missed a few weeks. I don't think he played. I mean, my memory's pretty fuzzy, but those playoffs, I don't think Gronk I believe he, played. I believe it happened in the divisional. He didn't play the conference championship game, obviously the week before the Super Bowl. And then he came back for the Super Bowl and didn't look great in it. So that's three full weeks, and you could tell he was hampered. Yeah, you know I think, what I mean? I think that's exactly how it went. I could be wrong, though. And that's just exploding off the line. Yeah, I think you're right. I think he got injured in that Ravens game. Yeah. Whichever. Or no, sorry, they played the Ravens. I don't know. My memory's fuzzy. But I think they played the Ravens in the conference They played the Ravens, game. yeah, because that was a Justin Tucker, I think, miss. But anyways, go yeah. on. Sorry, too Billy, much Patriots. Billy, go on. Billy, it was kind of, But uh, no, if Mahomes can even make this a game. That's incredible. But, you know, if we're comparing it to Gronk at tight end, you're just exploding off the line. Yeah, you got to block and all that. But he's got a three-step drop, five-step drop plant. I can't imagine. Like, he's just going to be so hampered. I would imagine so. But, you know, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I can't imagine. I'm surprised the line's not four Bengals at this point because – you know, I just can't imagine a game unless they protect the hell out of him and he's untouched. That's the only way this is a game, really, truly. Yeah, and I mean, also, obviously, they said high ankle sprain, so we obviously know what that means. It just really depends on how bad it is and how he's able to move on it. And I bet whatever, whatever they shoot up in the ankle, it's going to obviously be hurting. But I feel it really comes down, as you were saying, protection-wise. Because if he doesn't get hit, Maybe he can keep it loose enough to where he's 80% of himself. But, like, the first time someone rolls on it or, like, hits it and he goes down to, like, 40%, that could just be the game there. Like, him not being touched. Or, like, if he takes off and tries to run and plants on it wrong and then just twists it again. So it's really going to be interesting to see how it goes. But, Timmy, what did you think during that? Uh, I, I agree with what Kyle had said about – you know, why weren't the Jags really trying to get after him mm-hmm. uh, if they knew he was completely limited like that? Um, I think for this weekend, I think Andy Reid is what's going to keep this game close. I think Patrick's still going to have to make some nice throws and, you know, obviously still play really high football. Um, but I think a lot of people have said this before. Patrick Mahomes is probably the best quarterback in the league. He's probably the best pa- pocket passer in the league. And I think Patrick Mahomes without his legs is still a top five quarterback if he just stays in the pocket. So I think there is a few routes that the Chiefs could go and win this game this weekend. 
Um, oh, I, I, I personally still think that they can. I don't know what my prediction is going to be at this point. This one I've been going back and forth on. But mm-hmm. uh, I definitely think that there is a way they can win this game for sure. Isaiah Pacheco was running like a madman. Yeah, he ran well. Yeah. Isaiah Pacheco feels exactly what Russell Westbrook would be at running back. He just runs like he's mad all the time. Like, and that's, I could just picture if Russell Westbrook was a running back, that's exactly what he would run like. Just upset, mad, just head down, just trying to bowl through everybody. We kind of see that a lot, especially with rookie running backs, where they're trying to like really prove themselves. Um, Pacheco was a guy that I was high on all year. I don't know if you remember. I do. I had Pacheco on my fantasy team for probably 10 weeks of this, so <laughs> waiting for the breakout. And then I got to the point where I'm like, even if he does break out, I'm not starting him. So, like, yeah, to the waivers, right? For two weeks. Um, I, I like Pacheco. I think he's going to play a good part in this. I could also see McKinnon still just playing a nice part. Oh, he's definitely. Been very solid for them recently. So definitely. I think the Chiefs are going to take a page out of Zach Taylor's book. They're going to pass quick passes. They're going to run. I think. I mean, they're going to have to. I don't think there's really an option. You can't let Mahomes sit in the pocket for more than three seconds because somebody's going to be right there. So I don't want Mahomes to be touched in this game, not once. Um, So it'll be interesting to see. Um, Kyle, did you have anything else you needed to say about this game in particular? Yeah, I mean, you know, like you said about Andy Reid, I think you need to make it, you know, uh, uh, Man, I don't want to reference the Patriots. I'll say maybe even Drew Brees, right, when he started to lose his arm. You really want to make it an underneath game, uh, you know, a yards after catch game for them. A lot of Kelsey, a lot of maybe Juju, because Juju's good in between, like down the middle, in between the tackles as far as catching the ball. Um, You really want to make it that sort of game, because otherwise I really don't see a pathway for the Chiefs winning this game. I mean, his ankle's still swollen. That could have easily been a broke. Like, I don't know how it didn't break. The fact that it's just a high ankle sprain is incredible to me. And also, sorry, go on. I was just going to say, like, you know, I can't imagine him being above 65% at the most this weekend. So, I mean, if he can truly dial it up from the pocket, and I agree with you, like, you know, if you just limit Mahomes to the pocket, he's still one of the best pocket passers. I'd probably put Burrow as the best pocket passer right now. But even then, Mahomes is still throwing off-platform, still throwing off that back foot, which, you know, he won't he won't have that this weekend. So he's not going to be able to scramble. He's not going to be able to throw even weird throws. He's really going to have to be completely upright when he's throwing these balls, you know. At least that's my take on this Tuesday. You know, by Friday, maybe we'll hear reports out of KC that, you know, he's performing really well in practice. Who knows? But, I mean, this game's the Bengals to lose now, certainly, because you don't you don't even have a 75% Patrick Mahomes. You're going to have probably a less than 70% Mahomes this game. So, yeah, that's the way I look it, at it. It could have been just moving on to the Bengals, Bills, um, one quick thing I wanted to mention before we actually dive into the game was it could have been two people with high ankle sprains because Joe Burrow, I feel like if they weren't playing in snow and his foot didn't slip, he almost had a spot where he could have had his ankle exactly rolled the same way as Mahomes did. But like, I yeah, feel that like, looked like 
season-ending injury. Like no, the feel. I feel, I honestly feel like the way the snow, like the ground, like his cleat didn't dig in. Because if if his feet was like a foot was completely planted, it would have been the exact same thing as Mahomes, if not like worse, or like Tony Pollard, where you broke his fibula. Like it, so Joe Burrow could have been in that same exact situation, which is kind of odd to think. But yeah, that game front to back was just a beat down. A uh, one thing that I did want to say when you were talking earlier about the Giants and Eagles, you were talking about why did the Giants defer? I think that a lot of teams defer cuz obviously they like to the classic the classic thing of getting the scoring at the end of the half and then getting the ball and scoring at the beginning of the next half. A lot of teams get um a lot of the great teams execute that well. But it says a lot when you are, say, the Bengals or you are uh, the Eagles. Like if the Eagles this weekend, if they say win the toss or the 49ers win the toss, if you can go down and put seven on the board and dictate the way this game's going to start, regardless of them getting the ball in the second half, that changes the entire complexion of the game. So I do like it when teams sometimes are like, okay, yeah, our offense is our best thing. Let's go put that on the field first and let's go really dictate this game. So I like that the Bengals, like, they were able to do that, and then I feel like it just set the tone for the entire game, especially after the three and out for the Bills. Go ahead, Tim. Tim, you there? Did did he die? Sorry, I was muted. I was talking. (laughs) Muted. This this guy. (laughs) This guy. Um, I thought he died. I think... I think the Bengals, if they win this coin toss, they take the ball. And I think they make the play, the Chiefs play from behind this entire game. Um, you're dealing with an injured Patrick Mahomes and a, a team that you're not sure really how they're going to play this game. Put a little bit of pressure on them. And if they're behind the entire game, I think that completely changes this game. So this game in particular, <clears throat> I like the Bengals to take the kickoff. Um how do we feel about Josh Allen? Oh, sorry. Go on. Go ahead. No, that's a good question. Go ahead. No, I was just saying, how did we feel about, obviously the Bengals dominated. How do we feel about Josh Allen this weekend? How do we feel about him as a quarterback? Because I know last weekend we talked about, or last week, I should say, we talked about him kind of being a quarterback that was like too prone to mistakes at times. Is he going to be an issue? And he wasn't a solution this weekend. I'm not going to say he was the main problem. Uh, I agree that, like, he definitely has been a mistake-prone QB for at least this season. Um, and maybe that's because Brian DeBole's not there, Aaron Dable. Um, he's the one who really kind of worked with him to turn that turnover issue down. Um, but he didn't really, I don't think, he didn't make a lot of, like, mistakes, mistakes in this game. The only mistake he didn't, that I think he didn't like that he did make was like, he didn't really get everybody involved. Like Stefan Diggs had like what? 30 yards receiving or something like that. He had like one, I think it was like one catch for six yards in the second half or something along those lines. Yeah. Like he needs to be targeted more. Like we had this argument about Justin Jefferson, that not being targeted. Like definitely Stefan Diggs needs to play a bigger role in this offense. And I think that that's more on Josh Allen's shoulders, but, I mean, 
the Bengals were getting to him. A lot of pressure on him. Uh, I think I made a statement last week that we would see that this game is going to really prove that Joe Burrow is a better QB than Josh Allen, and I think that I kind of showed. And it, it did look that way, at least statistically and on the film. So I, I agree with that. I feel the way Josh Allen is is when he's rolling – he's like unstoppable like the game comes so easy to him but like he he works a lot off talent and sometimes doesn't work off situational awareness like a lot of the times on like third and two third and like he would take deep shots where i understand they're purposefully playing man to man to make you take that kind of deep shot because Obviously, that's going to be more beneficial. Like a 45-yard pass down the field while being covered in the snow is not an easy thing to do. I just sometimes feel Josh doesn't do a great job of being like, all right, starting to, I just need six feet. I don't need to take a huge shot right now. We need to just keep these chains going, keep it moving, so then we can take our shots. Where's going to be my best way to get six feet, two yards, or get four yards or whatnot. And I think that's something, as you were saying about Joe Burrow, I think Joe Burrow does a beautiful job at that. Same way Tom Brady does, has done a great job at that. Like more than anybody, Tom will just throw it to your, throw it to a running back on third and two. Doesn't have to throw it be pretty, but he's like, okay, this is just going to get a first down and we got free, fresh downs to work with. So I think that's one thing Josh watching the game needs to kind of work and evolve in going forward. But Kyle, what do you think? Um, I don't, I don't necessarily think, like I saw a lot of the same thing on social media. I saw a lot of Mahomes and Burrow are in this class and Josh Allen is not in that class. And, uh, I thought that was interesting because we've had a whole year of it being Mahomes and Allen and yep, Allen has had his turnover issues, but I mean, look, he's still an elite guy. Yes, I agree with you. I agree with you that he can go for the home run too much. But I think overall, like, my takeaway from this game wasn't by any means Josh Allen. You know what I mean? I mean, he, he didn't play the best game, but he didn't play a joke of a game. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. again, I think he wasn't the problem, but he wasn't, like, the solution to, like, their answers. So I, I agree with you there. But I think this game was more about Buffalo as a team. You know, I mean, you had DeMar Hamlin in the building. You know, I thought that was going to be an emotional lift the whole game just seemed flat and you know maybe the Bengals took the air out of the building because they were just not only moving the ball effectively it's not that just that they were moving the ball it's that they were out physically or being more physical as I try to create a word there they're being more physical than the than the Bills you know I mean they were getting six yards whenever they wanted with Joe Mixon you know uh they were running the ball so effectively in the cold weather, in the snow, which that should be Buffalo's game. And that's what stood out to me the most was that Buffalo de- does not have a power back like that who can control the game. They're one-dimensional. They're more, uh, Their power back yeah. Josh Allen. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And that's, and that's what stood out to me, too. Josh Allen didn't even really get out of the pocket much, you know? I mean, he should have – we've seen so many games where he is that dual threat, where he is running a lot and putting his body in harm's way, and it – wasn't that, you know what I mean? He wasn't getting out of the pocket. He wasn't scrambling. You know, I think they have a much better chance if he's doing that. And he wasn't, you know? And, uh, you know, I don't think 
you know, as I opened the podcast earlier saying how most teams really do only have a three or four year window. And I do think, look, the Dolphins are right there. The Pats, you know, I mean, we don't know what's going to happen with Tua and the Dolphins, but the Pats, as we said, their defense is great. Max should be better, you know, and you got Belichick coaching there. I do think that AFC East and the Jets, of course, you know, that AFC East is going to be a problem next year, let alone this year when it was competitive. Next year, all three of those teams are going to have increased confidence. And looking at the Bills, like, hey, y'all got outclassed, not just be outclassed at home by the Bengals with a power running game. You know, not even their, their strength is being a spread offense, you know. They got one of the best receiving cores in the league, one of the best pocket passers in the league in Joe Burrow. And they didn't even play that game against them. They they won that game in the trenches. Uh, and you know, you go Buff- on. Sorry. Yeah, no. If you're Buffalo, you're saying, hey, if we got Von Miller, uh, you know, maybe they try to upgrade at the back or add a power back or something there. But I would have liked to have seen, much like I said about Daniel Jones, I would have liked to have seen Josh Allen call his own number much more because, you know, he just didn't seem to get out of the pocket enough for me. And, uh, look, he was playing her a lot of the season. That's no excuse, really, because everyone's playing her, and we saw that with Mahomes. But, you know, the Bills still should be right there. I think next season's going to be a tougher season. But that's one thing that stood out to me the most this this weekend as I was watching the game in the snow in Buffalo was how physical that defense is not and how physical their offense is not. And that's exactly what you need in postseason football. You know, it's one thing if you're a dome team, but, you know, they're not. They're in western New York in a bad weather city where you want a running back, where you want, you know, nose tackles who can stop the run and all that. And they do got a good defense and they certainly got a great offense, but they just don't have that power, that physical aspect to them that the Niners have, that the Bengals have and uh, that the Eagles have, which, you know, I think that'll be a problem. Notice I need three teams and not the Chiefs there. That's going to be a problem this weekend for the Chiefs. You know, and even the Chiefs. I, I mean, the Chiefs had a little bit more of that because Isaiah Pacheco's running as he was. There's even they have more of a power game at least than the Bills do, and they have a really good true, offensive line. True. So we'll but see. We'll see how the Chiefs can work in the trenches. And you're correct. But, you know, Pacheco, as you said, Pacheco does run angrily, and he, you know, he runs with some pop to him. But I mean, shit. You give the Chiefs. Here's another Patriots reference for you. If you give the Chiefs, Dame, Harris, and Ramondre, you know, you don't even really have to worry about Mahomes that game as much. You know what I mean? You're carving up six to eight yards on your early downs. I don't think you really have that necessarily in Pacheco compared to what the Bengals have in Nixon and then what the Eagles have with their option running style, you know? And, uh, you know, that's the one thing I'd worry about with the Chiefs, and that's exactly what the Bengals Oh, sorry, what the Bills had trouble with this weekend. If they have a power back who can control the clock for them, then they're good. And as you said, yeah, Allen being their power back, if even Josh Allen calls his number a few times, I think they're in this game a little more because their defense certainly didn't have it. You could just tell from the start how deflated that building was, and you could just tell the vibe was off. But I'm very interested in what next season looks like for Buffalo because nobody in the AFC East is going to be afraid of them. The Pats played with them pretty well that last uh, last game of the season. The Jets beat them. Dolphins beat them in a weird game. So, yeah, that AFC East is going to be kind of a gauntlet next year. Yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting to see for sure. Um, the thing about the Bills that's very kind of a little bit of a problem, and this way you put it on Sean McDermott, is he is a defensive guy. 
and the Chiefs and the uh, Bengals in the playoffs now beat up on them. Like they like the defense should be. I mean, obviously you have Josh Allen, so he's your best player. But as a coach, like even like you see the Ravens, Lamar is their best player. But when push comes to shove, John Harbaugh being the defensive guy he is, that defense is gonna be stout. That defense plays stout. Mike Tomlin, as the defensive guy that he is, I know T.J. Watt's their best player, but that defense is stout. Like they play defense. Like Sean McDermott's DNA is defense, and in the playoffs, it's too often it seems that that defense hasn't came through like it should against the great teams, so or the very good teams. So that's very interesting about the Bills to me, at least. Yes, yeah, certainly, certainly. Like I said, you know, they were absent of the power running game, and you know, next season will be interesting for them as well as all the other departed teams. Like, I think out of what we get, so we get the Jags, Cowboys departed this this past weekend. The Cowboys, Bills, and, uh, and the Giants. And the Giants. Uh, you know, I, if you're giving me an outlook for all of them. You probably got to feel okay for the Bills. You just got to do some tweaking here and there. Like I said, become more physical. The Jaguars have a ton of talent, and you got Trevor Lawrence, right? So you Calvin just add Ridley more next year. Like they're the Jags are looking up for sure. Yeah, exactly. Like you add some more explosion to that team. Add your defense. You've got a force. Calvin Ridley. I was gonna say they yeah. have. The, I was gonna say their offense is gonna be electric next year. Like, mm-hmm. not that we're gonna obviously predict this, but like. I know Trevor Lawrence is probably going to be on people's like dark horse MVP ballots next year. He's got I everything. Think so. Yeah, I was just about to say that. Is I honestly think that offense he could do it next year. They they're loaded. Yeah, and uh, as I mentioned earlier, the Cowboys should make it back. They should be in playoff contention, and the Giants, as long as you're in wild card contention next year, right? You don't have a significant drop off. They're probably mm-hmm. okay. You know. Um. As long as you don't you know, move that, backwards for the Giants this next year. Like, move laterally, see what you obviously ink your deal with, as we've already talked about with Saquon, ink your deal with Daniel Jones, however you may slice it. Just don't move backwards. If you move lateral, you get to the playoffs again and maybe lose, that's okay. Just don't fall way out of the playoff picture. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but, I mean, in general, you know, moving off of football, I meant and sharp earlier i mean pretty wild people the sports if we include that he tried to i don't understand so he tries to fight the whole grizzlies team he's walking onto the court you have security involved this and that uh you know spilling into the area of other fans he doesn't even get ejected from his seat you know that's, yeah. that's privilege because if that's if that's me core side talking wild shit to the Grizzlies trying to fight it would have never Grizz- gotten to that you would have been you would have been picked up by two six seven African Americans and just carried out of the gym <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you, you would have never even gotten to that the African Americans <laughs> dude no, six I mean, seven like, people <laughs> but I mean you really yeah no you would get you get ejected before you got your second motherfucker out you know what I mean like yeah, absolutely it just would be and we've seen that I mean we've seen that even in recent weeks, I think Draymond got someone kicked out. Yeah. Or uh, someone someone just got kicked out arguing with Ja in a friendly manner. You know what I mean? And Shannon yeah. Sharp, Shannon Sharp's trying to shut the whole shit down at halftime. Just running wild. I thought that was hilarious. And then you've got the memes with him <laughs> with him and his cardigan on looking back all angry. 
people talking about what's Shannon Sharp's album going to be called. I love <laughs> so. Uh, oh man and then like Steven Adams you're not touching Steven Adams like you can fight Dylan Brooks cool Dylan Brooks is a scrappy guy fine your jaws jaw skin and bones even though he's a tremendous athlete cool when Steven Adams walks through it's it looks like Michael Myers like ever you just move out of the way do not like do not mess with this guy because he will probably kill you if that was like I would never whoever goes against him in the NBA Steven Adams is the winner Regardless, yeah, other Steven than maybe, Adams. other than maybe James Johnson, mm-hmm. maybe just obviously being a black belt, like he might got he might have something being six nine at and with a belt with some belts, but yeah, otherwise, he's, he's got a kickboxing background for sure. Yeah, otherwise Stephen Adams is just just a freak. I will say, and I'll I'll save this for a Thursday show. And Tim, I would have told you this had I not had I seen you today, but I did not run into you. But I'm gonna say I had a dream last night uh, about the NFC Championship game that was eerily realistic, like eerily realistic. Like it was a very specific scenario, and I'll get to it on Thursday. But you know, people call them premonitions. I think I had a premonition about how how Sunday's game's going to go. Right. And uh, I'm not one of these guys who believes in people predicting the future and shit like that, but uh, it was a weird dream. It was a weird dream, but it was one of the more realistic dreams I've had, and I uh, can't wait to share it with y'all on Thursday. Okay, I, there's nothing that's going to be ex- like explain anything about the dream, but does the game turn out good in your dream and... That's really all I want to know. It's like, it's a good game. Is I, it fun? I can tell you it was a close game. Okay, it was a close game, so probably a fun game too. Okay, so that's all I'm. That's all I'm curious about. Because if this at premonition is gonna come true, I hope that it's uh, visualizing a good game, an enjoyable watch. Because I'd like to watch something enjoyable. For sure, and. uh I mean, the only way I anticipate, and we'll, again, we'll talk more about this on Thursday, the only way I anticipate Thursday, or sorry, Sunday, being a bad game as far as the NFC Championship is if Brock Purdy finally becomes the guy certain people are waiting on him becoming and just, you know, being a rookie QB and just having that bad game. Because, I mean, it is due at some point, And he has thrown, we've seen this with other, other quarterbacks, maybe Mahomes early in his career too where he throws like a million near interceptions and they just seem to be dropped. You know, he had that, he had that going for him against the Cowboys where, you know, they dropped two or three picks. Yeah. But uh, that's the only way I could see that being a bad game is if he's just crazy turnover prone. But I mean, I haven't really heard much about it, which is crazy, but I'm assuming Jimmy D should be active for Sunday. I haven't heard anything about him this postseason. He's either, but... he's either active or he's going to be active for the Super Bowl if they were to make it there. But they said that he's just going to be the backup regardless. For sure, for sure. And if that's the case, you know, if he starts off with two picks and it doesn't really matter because you just insert James Garoppolo, but <laughs> I'll see you. Uh, Timmy, do you have any lasting thoughts right now at all? I got to say, hold on. Before oh, Tim- sorry, sorry. I, got, I, didn't, I thought you were. I thought you were. <clears throat> no, no, no. Before Timmy goes, I just want to say, Tim, you compared to last time you were on with us, you've been, you've been real quiet. Granted, I think I've been talking more than – I usually do this one. I've been doing a lot of talking here, but I feel like you were way more quiet today than last Thursday. 
Yeah, I'm really, I'm really just not trying to like interrupt people. I'm just trying to really listen. No, interrupt, interrupt. I think it's hard with three people on the call because when I interrupt, it like cuts out both of you, and I can't tell if you stop talking or if you're still talking, and then it's just cutting you out. So, hey, Thursday, interrupt, interrupt us nonstop. Yeah, I will. I will for sure. All right. I'll write that down. Write that down. Um, I've got a few. <laughs> I've got a few uh, thoughts throughout the episode that I've kind of just like kept in my brain here. Okay. Um, so earlier you were talking about D Hop getting traded, right? Yeah. And you said the Patriots just need to toss a first round pick and get him. Yeah. I don't think he goes for a first round pick. To be completely honest with you. Um, I think D-Hop is still a very talented wide receiver. He got traded for less than a first-round pick the first time when he was all-pro. Um, and he is now 31 years old, uh, I believe. I'm not sure if that's – somebody Somebody check that. Have, have Laura I check got, it. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Um, I'm pretty sure he's 31 years old, so it's not like they're trading – they're trading away, what, a first-round pick for somebody who might have – two to three years of relative 30 like, year 30 solid. years old turns 31 on 30. june 6 okay so, so 31 going into will next be year. 31 yep. yeah um so personally i don't see them really throwing a first round pick i mean i feel like that's overpaying at this point um i could see a second round pick um just like one straight second round pick or maybe like a third and a fourth or something like that because um, they're also taking on his contract, are they not? Which is still like a pretty high-paying contract. Yeah. Listen, um, I listen. If they can get it for a second, great. Whatever you throw at them. How about go. a second in Matt Patricia? Listen, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You'd have to give. You'd have to give a first value. with Matt Patricia. Yeah. You, like there's no way you're getting second and Matt Patricia. Give I could. I could see people asking for two firsts for Matt Patricia. <laughs> two Matt Patricias, and uh, that's all you get. Um, so yeah, that was my first thing. I didn't know if if you were kind of. Do, do you agree with that? Do you think he's worth a first round pick at this point? Um, uh, I agree with both. I mean, seeing how AJ Brown was worth a first, and he's like twenty three years old. Yeah. You know, so I could see him going for a second. I mean, second round picks definitely a value. Uh, mm-hmm. and with that contract, yeah, second makes sense. I could also see certain franchises, desperate franchises, offering a first. Excuse me. Just uh, to get him. Yeah. To get him, exactly. See, but, I would yeah, be... his, his value in general probably is closer to a second-round pick, given his age. But you never really know. I mean, you know, he could have the – he could he could go the Larry Fitzgerald route and have a incredible, you know, play into and, his late 30s. Yeah. So you just never know with receivers. But, yeah, you're probably more in line with a, with a second because, yeah. I mean, you know. You can get high value with a second round pick. I agree yeah. with you. Yeah. I do agree with you that it is. He's probably a second, but if need to, I would throw a first at him, depending on what situation you are, depending on obviously what the offers are there. Because you could, uh, what's up? You could definitely argue that there is no player that the Patriots are going to draft in the first round that's better than D Hop. You could definitely make that argument. I would because be the fine. Patriots always fuck up the first round. I would be just, fine with the first, unless it's a defensive player. They draft defense phenomenally. That's what they sure. do. I mean, and then they obviously have drafted Gronk. They drafted Aaron Hernandez. But like, regardless, 
They've drafted some offensive players, but typically they draft a Ramondre as well. They decided to draft Sony Michelle instead of Nick Chubb too, which is great. But <laughs> the Patriots have been up and down offensively, how they draft defensively. We get Rutgers guys and they make them or Alabama guys and we make them studs. Um, the thing with <laughs> that's hard with picks is like I'm in my head imprinted. I think like, oh, Jimmy G went for a second. And then I also think in my head, we traded a second for Mohamed Sanu the same year <laughs> at, the, at the break, the same year that uh, Emmanuel Sanders went for a second. So like in my head, I'm like, okay, so a starting quarterback there, or a guy who was a backup but ended up becoming a starting quarterback, and Mohamed Sanu both were second-round picks. So D-Hop's probably <laughs> – so you probably get a second for him. But, yeah, no. I, I mean – that's the thing, though. Is D Hop was also a second round pick trade from the Texans. Yeah, it wasn't. So, yeah, probably. It, I think they got more than just a second. It was a few picks, but like then, uh, there wasn't a first involved. I'm just thinking, like Brandon Cooks, we traded for for we traded a, a first. first to get him, and then traded him for a first after getting one year out of him, and him getting concussed in the year, Super Bowl. Yeah, no, there's like yeah. one good year, and then concussed in the Super Bowl. It's like, yeah, <laughs> here you go. Here's a first. Thanks for the first, but. Yeah. Okay. Uh, sorry, what else cool. did you have? I knew you had something else. Uh, so I have two other things. Uh, you, just really talking on basketball really quickly. I, I'm not huge on basketball. I don't watch games. I keep up with whatever the NBA posts and like highlight pages. So I saw this post. There's a video on YouTube of game-winning shots shot over Paul George. Okay, And he was defending the person who shot the game winner. The video is 11 minutes long. <laughs> I'm just games being won on his behalf. Did it start or end with Dame? So funny. Um, he's, he's. I don't even know how that's like one of the, He's one of the first few. So I will say I watched the video. I watched at least the first few minutes. The first minute and a half is one clip. So like, it's not necessarily 11 minutes, but after that, it starts kind of really start rapid so fire. So I'm assuming that it's probably close. like at least 10 times, which is still wild. I would because, probably put it closer to 20. Because the like, like even the likelihood of like you had one a minute and so it was like about 11, the likelihood yeah. of you getting hit a game winner hit on you 11 times is crazy. <laughs> I don't I mean just watching the games, it was like I forgot he was even on OKC for a large time. A lot of them are from that. Like, the Dame one was from that. Jason Tatum hit one on him. Uh, it, it was just funny to see that the video is like, like, you could probably make a Paul George highlight tape that's shorter than that. And that's just funny. That is funny. That's is because, you know, he would be the primary defender because he is yeah. the best defender on his teams. But. I mean, that was another thing is in a lot of these clips, he plays like perfect defense. He's like right there, doesn't foul, gets right in their face. If anything, sometimes he even tips the ball, but like, nope, they still hit it every time. That's funny. I I, say, that's that's the hilarious 11 minute video clip of that. <laughs> gonna go watch this video. Watch this video, actually. That's that Dave, I'll never forget. Dave, oh, yeah. oh, that was a bad They're shot. Oh my God. God, yeah, I, I, I lost my. Uh, anyways, this third one, I feel like this one's a little bit more like controversial. Um, but 
there's I, I saw this video earlier today, right? And Kyle had touched on this during the Bills Bengals game. Demar Hamlin was in the stadium, right? They had him up in one of the suites. Yeah. If you look at the if you look at the footage, you don't actually see him. Like there's video of him, but he's wearing a hoodie. He's wearing a jacket with a hood up. He's got yeah. sunglasses on. Tim, 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 Tim. Are you going where I think you're going with this? Yes. Well, this is what the video was suggesting was that's not actually him. And that he died? No, no, no. Not that. Just that he wasn't at the game and that the NFL put him there, quote unquote, to inspire the Bills to play a better game. Which well, was like, I, I if anything was scripted. Yeah, go ahead. That directly. Uh, I'd heard, I'd heard he'd been around the facility all week, and I'm pretty sure. And I also saw like when, like when the game was going on, someone tweeted at halftime that he went to the Bills locker room to talk to him. So I don't yeah, think there did. was a body. I don't think there was sure. a body there. <laughs> Where he a body double. He scarfed up and was just like mumbling through his <laughs> scarf, the team and shit like yeah. that. That you know, what? you know, just for that, I hope that really did happen. They had a body double and. He just look crazy. Well, but, my theory is just if this happened to me and I was good enough to go to that game, I would want to be on the sidelines with my teammates. I wouldn't want to be up in the suite. I don't know if like they just wouldn't let him or something, but I honestly feel I like know. that might be weather related. I mean, maybe if it sure. I like obviously with it being heart and the circulatory system, I feel like the cold weather is probably not the weather he should be in. I mean, I, I like also I'm not a medical professional in the slightest. I would just assume. I like how casually, sorry, I like how casually Tim was just like, if it were me who had just suffered cardiac arrest three weeks ago, yeah, I, would, I still, I'm a warrior. I don't know what you're talking I'm about. A warrior. I'd be, I'd be playing in that game. I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I'd have my defibrillator on the field with me and everything. I'd be. Uh, I'm sure. Be sure. It, you, you'd be rolling around the IV too. <laughs> that, that would be. Don't step on that. Oh, right, that's a penalty. Come on. Come on, Jamar. Do you have to run that fast? <laughs> come on. Uh, but, Glad he's healthy. I mean, yeah, me too. Me too. Hundred percent. And any, I think any, Kyle's oh, point. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Kyle's point of, you know, it's a pretty emotional thing to have this all happen, but then you have him there. That should have inspired them a little bit more. And maybe if this is the case, which it most likely ninety nine percent is not, maybe that's a reason. Is like. They knew it wasn't him. Like they had actually talked to him, and he was like, "No, it's not actually me." Blah 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 blah. And they're know. like, "Fuck this game." <laughs> yeah, you know what? If if he's not here, I don't even want to play. <laughs> he comes in, he's like, "No, nah, guys, it's really not me." But I'm pretending to be him. I'm just doing this. Well, really like, play it off like it's me. <laughs> <laughs> there is a there is an unfortunate cult who think this guy died on the field, but I mean, he think I'm, he he I've really did. That, yeah. People think he actually is dead, pronounced dead, and that that the NFL had a body double in there to increase ratings, like as if that would increase the ratings already for a a prime a prime matchup in a divisional spot. You know, that's. I mean, it definitely won't increase like the ratings or like how many people watch, but it definitely changes the environment for sure to have him there. 
hundred percent. Sure, but to think he's actually dead and that they have a body double. I never said that. I just no, no. said I didn't think. I think if anything, he just wasn't there. He wasn't no. actually in the facility. <laughs> that would be hilarious if it's your way that he's you know still with us, but he's just sure. like at home. <laughs> body double, body double, just to make us look good here. But yeah, I actually had to go to the DMV, so I couldn't make it. To the couldn't. Game. Yeah. Uh, I had my boy Tom fill in though. Uh, Y'all, y'all have any other uh, scattered thoughts? Whether it be anything, whether it's you know Tim's brought up Paul George, that Paul George makes up people getting game winners over him. Any final? (laughs) It's midnight here. I know Tim's got to get out of here, and we're going to be reconvening on Thursday. So, Mm -hmm. any final thoughts? I'm chilling. I'm, I'm good. This was fun. Thanks. Yeah, no, I had a good time. Had a good time. Oh, real quick, actually, I just thought about something. You had yeah. asked us the quarterback questions all last week, and I think some stuff has changed recently. Um, I mean, like people are saying Lamar might be a Falcon. Uh, <laughs> they're also Falcon? saying that. Yeah, for sure. He was going to come up here, and you know, I think he's still got one year of high school eligibility left, so he could, you know, definitely. There was also talk about Aaron Rodgers to the Jets, and that a lot of people are saying like the Jets are completely in on this and they're willing to give up the house to get him. I would absolutely do that if I'm the Jets. Yeah, that'd be really interesting because it would be so much like Favre, because you know Favre had the whole. Will I? Won't I retire? Then he goes to the Jets in a really weird season. So that would be. That would be eerily similar if he went to the Jets after having this kind of seesaw kind of deal with the with the Packers. Uh, yeah, I don't know how he would. I don't know how Rodgers would like that. You know, he kind of always has kind of not really lived in the shadows of Favre, but he'd really be following in the footsteps. I mean, then Kirk exactly. Cousins in two years probably goes down, and he goes and tries to he goes to the AFC NFC Championship <laughs> game with. Like, with Justin Jefferson and throws a pick six to propel another team to go, yeah. <laughs> We're just the same. Imagine. Uh, I mean, I'm still, I'm still holding the same. I could definitely see Rodgers to the Jets. Absolutely. I could, yeah, I think I could too. Absolutely. I, I could definitely see Rodgers elsewhere, period. Uh, Lamar, I, I still see a for Lamar being a Baltimore Raven. I Me mean, too. it would – Things would have to get pretty crazy for him to leave and pretty dramatic pretty quickly. Everybody sounds like they're as far as the front office, as far as Harbaugh, as far as his teammates, of course his teammates, but I would I would be shocked if he's not, you know, starting week one in Baltimore. I really would be. I mean, I think we'll hear some crazy stories around draft time about Lamar this, Lamar that, but you know, as with any sport, as with any offseason, there's just stories and you know, again, I would be shocked if he's not starting for Baltimore week one. Yes. Um, for me, I would say obviously we had talked about this last time. I think it's definitely on the board that he gets traded. I know I'm more in that, I think, camp than you guys are, but I think it's definitely more on the board that he gets traded. But if he went back to the Ravens, it wouldn't like be the biggest shock in the world to me. Thanks. Well, listen, this was the Warner Brothers bo- podcast. Podcast. This was the Warner Brothers podcast. Basquiat. Featuring, <laughs> Basquiat featuring Tim Gray. 
Timothy Gray. Timothy. We will be back on Thursday to preview championship weekend, NFC, AFC. Uh, it's been a fun time, fellas. I will talk to you guys Thursday. Tim, maybe I'll run into you tomorrow. Uh, we'll be back talking all these games. Maybe we'll talk some ball next time. Who the hell knows? But we will certainly be talking championship weekend. Fellas, talk to you guys Thursday. See ya. Peace.